Hi everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. Some quick pre-show announcements. What's actually happening in November? A shout out! And then, what is actually happening on today's episode? This month, we are watching and reviewing some of my favorite shows with Netflix November. We're watching BoJack Horseman and Big Mouth. We even have a surprise episode coming in between these two episodes. If you're digging these episodes and you want to share them, tell a friend, put it in skywriting, awesome. Thank you. We really appreciate everyone getting the word out about this show. It all helps. Every share, like, retweet, all of it. Quick shout out. Gang, we have achieved our 2018 campaign to get Bobby Anthem animated. Listener Brian has drawn Bobby in the style of Bob's Burgers. We posted it November 1st. It's awesome. Go check it out. We love it so very much. If you want to animate Bobby, drop us a message. We love it, and we will send you some free stickers and plug you like we are for Brian, which brings us to Brian's Twitch. You should go check him out on twitch.tv and subscribe. He's under the tag Typhenstein. That's T-Y-P-H-E-N-S-T. E-I-N. We're going to have all of this in our notes, so don't worry about it. Go follow him if you're into video games. I watched him play Fortnite the other night. It's the first time I've ever actually watched anybody play Fortnite. Brian is awesome. I think you'll dig him as well. Go check him out and subscribe to him. What are we talking about today? We are, of course, talking about Netflix's BoJack Horseman. BoJack is a complicated show, and we talk a bunch about topics ranging from addiction, depression, and even personal loss. We're doing all of this through the lens of comedy. If you are experiencing any of these things, then please ask for help and know that people care about you. I care about you, and so do my special guests today, Kate Symes and Adam Kusariamin. Adam is a super BoJack fan, and Kate is a little less experienced with BoJack, so let's see if we can sell her on this show. All of that and more on today's episode, so now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you all the way from the 90s on the set of Horsing Around, I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis. And joining me today, the new CEO of the company, PB Living, that has come right out of bankruptcy, we are joined by Triple Threat, podcaster, performer, and DJ, Adam Kasariamin. How's hey, it going? It's great. How are you? I'm doing well. Congratulations on becoming the CEO of PB Living. Thank you. It's, <laughs> it's been a real hard journey, but now we're back on track. <laughs> from, the, from the brinks of bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> so many good ideas. So many good ideas. So many good ideas, uh, so little time, plus you know, not enough pasta strainers, right. just in general. <laughs> They're not building up in my apartment just yet. <laughs> also joining us today back from her time on The Giggle Ship mm. with improviser Copernicus from Shenanigags, we have DC-based performer Kate Symes. That's right. Welcome to me. How was the trip? Uh, it was rocky. <laughs> 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 it was a boat. It was oh. a ship, if you will. Oh, it was an improv comedy cruise. Im- improv comedy cruise. I mean, like, how else would you imagine it to be? I, I don't know. I just it's I a thought, bunch of people on a boat trying to out funny each other. I, oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terribly fun. Ter- I, it was both terrible <laughs> and terribly fun. I loved it, but I also hated it. 
And I mean, you were there for six months. Yeah. So, was, and I'll never get that time back. <laughs> so, you know, but you know, I learned things about myself. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you can't drop that hot hot tip and not get into it. Right? I get you know, I get very very grumpy when I'm tired. Okay, that's the main thing. I I've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. Today. <laughs> Today. Yeah. I. I'm a lot of fire in your eyes. Yeah, right you. Now, yeah, <laughs> Sean did experience it earlier. I got. I don't think I got grumpy. I got just loopy. Uh, no, I mean, you know, you've you've. I needed coffee. Burnout. Yeah, I needed coffee, yeah. and I referenced it many, many times. So, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah, and we were able to get. But coffee. I learned that about myself, so I know that now. Good. So I'm able to tell people. Sort of in the same way that I get hangry. Yeah. If I don't eat, you get. I get coffee angry. I get coffee. Yeah. Kangry? Kangry? I like it. Adam. Sure. Kangry? Kofgry? <laughs> we'll workshop this if we have to. <laughs> Another six so months on that comedy that. giggle ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Are gonna, we are going we'll to be right on track. Yeah. Speaking of getting right on track, if you are not familiar with any of these references and you didn't read the title of today's episode, we are, of course, talking about Netflix's BoJack Horseman today. All of the different things that are in there. This is this is going to be uh, increasingly exciting. And and as always, I want to begin the conversation with sort of understanding sort of where this show fell uh, in terms of of your awareness. Uh, when did you watch this? What was your exposure? Because this is a relatively new show that's been on for five seasons. Mm -hmm. So five years ago, started on Netflix, and I believe it was like one of those early kind of like streaming shows yeah. that they had during that time. And so. Adam, I wanted to just check and see, what was your experience with BoJack? Uh, yeah, so I started watching it at the tail end of, so the first season was over, so fast forward a year, it was right before the second season was about to come out. So I had seen advertising for it when it first launched, and I wasn't really bought into it. I thought it looked a little bit over the top. They're like, it, it really, um, when I go back and think about it, it had a lot of the same problems that like Arrested Development did, or many shows where they can't you can't condense what you're going to get from the show in a quick 30 second, 60 second commercial. Right. Cause none of the jokes land. The references don't make sense. It's impossible to really get out what's actually so good about the show. So luckily it was actually my friend Vaughn was visiting from Miami. And so she and I are just like randomly started watching it. another friend of ours was like with us and he's like, he had already watched the first season and he was just like, get through, you know, just a couple of episodes. And and I've had this same thing with like Battlestar Galactica, this like the old it's old now, but it was like back in the what 2000s or whatever. Right. But god, it's almost fucking 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like I finished it and Game of Thrones even the first if you go back and watch the first episode, like the pilot, you're just like it's not that good, mm -hmm. but you could see something in it. And so this was one of those shows where like we were just like let's get through this. We watched the entire first season within that weekend. And then luckily the second season was launching that week. And so right. um, immediately got to watch it, fell in love with the show mm -hmm. uh, since then. It was really like at the halfway mark of the first season that I was just like, this is such a fucking fantastic show. And then just have subsequently hunted the seasons every year to watch it immediately when it premieres. I think I got through season five in the first weekend that it, that it premiered. Wow. I just, I'm such a super fan of the show. Good. <laughs> cool. Kate. <laughs> Kate, what was Kate? What was your experience? Um, different than Adams. <laughs> no, and that's okay. Um, so same thing. I think I, it the first season had already come out. Second season, 
was starting and yeah. it was back on my radar as something I should watch. I, this is one of those uh, shows that I watched part of the first episode, maybe 13 times. Um, always like, uh, you know, the problem was I was like, I got to watch this, you know, and it wasn't grabbing me immediately. And I've done the same thing with The Wire uh and a couple others i so i have not been able to get past the first episode of the wire yeah really <laughs> yeah I, wow yeah. no matter how much people tell me i'm just like i can't i know and it's... they even make a fucking joke about that in bojack horseman sorry right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um i'm super happy that we're doing this today because it made me go back and watch more of the show and adam is a big fan i i know and someone whose opinion I respect about shows. So I, I watched more. Um, I'm into it now. I haven't watched every single episode of every season, but um, I agree that with that Arrested Development um, comparison that I think it, you know, it was only on my radar ever because people whose opinion I respect on comedy or television in general talked about it, but it never sang to me. It wasn't like it was hmm. on my list of, things I've got to watch. Although the cast is insane. I mean, some yeah. of my favorite comedians. I mean, it really is a stellar voice cast. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And I had a very similar experience. It's weird that we keep making, or that we've made the Arrested Development kind of parallel because yeah. I didn't even know that Arrested Development had come out. I had no idea what the show was about. And then for Christmas one year, I got the first season on DVD. And I watched, I think it was the first two or three episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's the scene where somebody find or Job puts like dead birds in the freezer. Yeah. And that whole moment where he like, he is like walking out of the pet store and it shows the the footage and he slams into the door and then he turns around. And he's like, what's, what's your, your return, return policy? policy? Which is funny to say that, you know, obviously some of the voice cast right, translates over, into, yeah. into yeah. Bojack Horseman. And that moment I was eating a Triscuit and I laughed so hard that I choked <laughs> on the Triscuit. Oh my God. And then threw up. <laughs> Oh, it's, <laughs> I just rewatched the first season of Arrested Development, and it's like fantastic, pound for pound, one of the best shows ever. But the other comparison I have is Breaking Bad, which there are some parallels here too, obviously. Okay, but same thing. It was um, out. It was done. It was one of those shows mm -hmm. everyone's like, you gotta watch this show, and I hadn't. And then I watched the first episode and binge watched the whole thing in mm -hmm. like two weeks. <laughs> Additionally, the the thought that when I kind of introduced you and made uh, talked about Copernicus yeah. and sort of the, the improv uh, jokes that they make in this, my sister had watched the second season and I was in the process of watching season one and I'd gotten to like the tipping point that Adam had mentioned where it was like, Oh no, I'm now like in love with this yeah. show. Mm -hmm. I can't stop watching mm -hmm. this. And my sister had finished season two and she had called or text messaged me saying, did you see all the stuff about improv comedy? That was in season two. I was like, I haven't gotten there yet. She's like, you should watch it. Watch it. <laughs> you, should, you, watch, you should watch it. It's really it. well. I, I love that improv is the new like comedy show punching bag, but in a way that people that obviously are writing about it or people that obviously do improv or did improv oh, yeah. or connected right. to it. Cause it's like, they it's the same. It. I was mentioning with like, you're the worst and we could probably talk about it a little more later. There's like, very obvious parallels between the structures of the show. Yeah. Right. But I shit you not in both second season, I think they pretty much came out around the same year. Maybe you're the worst came out a year or two later. Cause I think they're on their fourth, fifth season now. They, um, 
they literally have a second half arc where both the Todd, like the Todd characters in both mm-hmm. shows go do improv. And mm-hmm. it's like the weirdest. Yeah. It's like so weird that the mind melds are there that like that got all got done. Yeah. I think any show that's set in Hollywood, is that makes sense, it. you know, because that's what it, and it does set it up like this is what the person who's never going to make it as like a serious <laughs> actor goes uh, to do. The, the HBO show with Bill Hader. Oh, um, uh, Barry. Barry yeah. has improv scenes yeah. that are in it as well. And like it is, I mean, we've all been performers. It's cringeworthy to watch other friends bomb on stage. Yeah. But then it's even cringeworthy to watch like a, a YouTube video of a performance that you've done like right. a couple days later. And you're like, so then to see actors have to (laughs) act like they are in an improvised scene and setting is so cringeworthy for me i i don't know what it is it's 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 a challenge but it's it ends up making for great comedy because it's lampooning something that i love yeah it it is the it's one of the easier art forms i think to lampoon because so much of it is bad I, so I do want to bring forth the Bojack. Uh, you just got provd. Like the <laughs> that's my fate. Like they just Todd talks to that woman and tells her that her friend exploded. Like as a like a yes and kind of thing. Yeah. And it was fantastic. You got provd. Like, you got provd. <laughs> well, we've we've talked a little bit about Bojack right now. So if you're interested in some history about Bojack and some of the voice casts that we've talked about and how fantastic they are. BoJack Horseman is an American adult animated comedy drama series created by Raphael Bob Waxberg. The series stars Will Arnett as the title character of BoJack Horseman, with a supporting cast including Amy Sedaris, Allison Brie, Paul F. Tompkins, and Aaron Paul. The series' first season premiered on August 22nd of 2014 on Netflix, with a Christmas special premiering on December 19th of the same year. The show is designed by cartoonist Lisa Hanawalt, who had previously worked with Bob Waxberg on the comic strip Tip Me Over and Pour Me Out. Alongside having satirical takes on current events, politics, and show business, Bojack is lauded for its realistic take on dealing with depression, trauma, addiction, self-destructive behavior, and the human experience. Despite mixed reviews upon its debut, critics were notably more positive towards the second half of the first season, before universally acclaiming in subsequent seasons. In 2018, online magazine Thrillist ranked it as the best Netflix original series of all time. On September 21st of 2017, the series was renewed for a fifth season, which premiered recently on September 14th this year. So this is Netflix November. We are talking about only Netflix shows. Mm. So I I would not have been able to do this month without talking about BoJack because it is probably... As Adam had mentioned, you know, binging the entire uh, first season or fifth season, binging the entire fifth season the weekend it came out. Last year when season four came out, I was overseas and I downloaded all of it on my phone. And at night, like when I was kind of calming down and relaxing from the day, uh, friend and wife of the show, Melanie Harker and I had like, we just binged the entire thing when we were in Italy Mm. uh, because we just did not want to miss what Mm -hmm. had happened. Just Mm -hmm. love it that much. Mm -hmm. Such a good show. Awesome. So to give us a little bit of context about what BoJack is actually about as a series, Kate is going to help us out with sort of an overview. Cool. Uh, the series takes place mostly in Hollywood, later known as Hollywood, after the D in the Hollywood sign is destroyed in a romantic gesture. In an alternate world where humans and tailless anthropomorphic animals live side by side. 
BoJack Horseman, the washed-up star of the 1990s sitcom Horsin' Around, plans his big return to celebrity relevance with a tell-all autobiography that he dictates to his ghostwriter, Diane, I'm going to botch her last name. Nguyen. 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 Because even after what, just <laughs> no, recently. No, that's the walked, best part. Like, that's I know. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, yeah, okay, I'll get into that later. <laughs> okay. um, just Bo- Jack- like, don't even try it. Just, just like. Well, even watching the show, I was like, yeah, how do you say that? <laughs> um, Bojack also has to contend with the de- demands of his agent and on-again, off-again girlfriend, Princess Carolyn. The misguided antics of his freeloading roommate Todd Chavez and his friend and rival Mr. Peanut Butter. This is such a funny like plot write up. It's right. like it it's what the show is about, but it's like such a weird, like yeah. normal version of the show. <laughs> yeah. Any of the uh, emotional impacting moments and subtleties of it completely lost by the Wikipedia God. synopsis and plot write up. So thanks, Wikipedia. Right. If anybody wants to go in and kind of edit this and make it, I don't oh know, a little bit more nuanced, we'd really appreciate it. Isn't that the job of Wikipedia, though, to take all nuance and emotion out of? Oh, you mean something that just gives us facts? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> I feel like you could go to Wikipedia and look up like Stormy Daniels and it'll just be like an hey. American porn actress. Yeah. But if it was like really great American porn actress, right. you'd be like, oh. Also, if it winked in the article that. <laughs> like I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I winked. <laughs> <laughs> really great. Wink, wink. Oh, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> So again, this gives you really a good idea of sort of the overview and I would say some of the relationships that you're introduced within season one that begin to evolve over the five seasons that are available. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of is like it's dipping your toe into some of it, but it's not really giving you the plunge. And after five seasons of, I know, Adam having completed it, I am so close to finishing the fifth season uh, that it's painful um, it really is very painful to watch. Are you going to finish tonight? I will probably finish tonight or tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm going to watch more tonight. Good use this of the weekend. Inspiring. <laughs> I love the fact that we're just like, and you know, we're done with the show. We've already given our reviews. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're you, there. Yeah, we're maybe you're hate watching it. We don't know yet. Yeah. We'll oh out. yeah, you don't know. <laughs> Cliffhanger till later. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to hate watch something on Netflix, I'd watch any of the Iron Fist. Oh yeah, the that's guy, right. Guy, Said it. Got it. Canceled. Yeah, it's been canceled. If you don't like that comment, don't at me. Don't give a, sh- <laughs> don't give a shit. I think there's like all of five people that would say, hey, hey, leave Iron Fist alone. Surprisingly enough, I was reading Twitter the other day when they you made were- the news and people were just like, can't believe that they did Finn Jones like this. They oh did him dirty. God. I'm like, nobody, nobody enjoyed this show in the first place. It sucked. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about garbage. We're talking about the opposite of garbage. Right. A maybe. Diamond. We don't know maybe. that. Well, maybe. Well, I think for Adam and us, we agree. We'll, we'll for Kate, yeah. this is a to be continued. See. This is like a cliffhanger on a 90s right. sitcom. That's right. Yikes. Are the parents going to get divorced or remarried? I don't know. Isn't that like a 90s sitcom? But at the same, that, those are the two choices, divorce yeah. or remarry. Yeah. Or like renewal but, yeah, of vows. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. You have to find out in uh, season two, episode one, when yeah. they come back after their year hiatus. <laughs> yeah, right. And the wife is played by a different actress. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of like Growing Pains, or I don't. I'm just. There's a couple of those yeah. turnarounds. Yeah. Yeah, Fresh Prince. Yeah. Did they do that in Family Matters too? Didn't they replace Winfrey? No, maybe not. I don't remember. I don't know. Was there and also um, 
Yeah, family matters sounds right. And uh, family ties. Family ties. Mm. I feel like they often replace like children, teenage children. Really? I feel like the kids were always sort of like the, I don't know. I guess I don't even remember which one family ties was in comparison to growing pains. Yeah. And family ties was a little older. Yeah. Just so, I'm so young. You're and very, but I, rem- I remember young. Battlestar Galactica as a young child. Yeah. 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 As a young child. 20 years ago. Oh, we did a, a show the other night and we, uh, a woman was talking about having a conversation with her 16 year old son. She's like, he recently got into the office and he's been binge watching the office. And we were like, he, I said he recently got into it. And then someone pointed out he's fucking 16 years old. <laughs> like it wasn't on what? when he was, he was not born oh when it was popular. God. Did you, were you just like, Hey, your son's going to love parks and rec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let him finish the office first. Yeah. Then get into parks and, and rec. And then 30 rock and then Kimmy Schmidt. Oh God. Yeah. There you go. You just got a cycle of just complete joy. <laughs> <laughs> to be in his youthful shoes to oh relive God. that magic Reliving again. it? Oh, I would love it. Gosh. Well, we need to get into some of the details yes. about this show. It. And so one of the things that we always have to talk about is the theme song because there's a lot of unique intricacies that we have for the BoJack theme song. And so to kick us off with his thoughts and opinions, I'm going to turn it over to Adam. Yeah. The, I mean, it's a, it's a theme song, but there's not much singing in it because it's mostly just all music. Um, I don't know, like who is there? I know that the group love does the outro, but I wasn't sure who does. It's a the keyboardist from the Black Keys or the drummer. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's a really cool intro. It's obviously all takes place in his basically his house, essentially. But I think we talked about this before, where it's like there's a constant transition of characters. So every season they refresh it. I think in one particular season it gets very psychedelic. I think that's the fourth season. Um, and I love it. I think it's like, I actually almost watch it every time just because of A, how it changes between seasons and changes through the season itself. Yeah. So especially if you watch the fifth season, there is a huge, because like it starts with it empty and then they start adding characters and then they reduce characters. And um, and even like the party aspect of it, they add like characters from that particular season, like uh, Turtle Top shows up and now Pickles is in it. And then he always falls into the pool at the end. And it was actually interesting. My uh, boyfriend brought up, he was like, I wonder if it's going to be like, will that be the actual end of the show? Mm. Um, which could be kind of interesting. Although it opened with a party too. So it would be like, I'm like interested to see which way it goes. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he'll be fine. Um, maybe? Question mark. Uh, um, but yeah, no, that's my take on <laughs> the- intro i love the song and that was the my you know in what re-watching the first episode 13 times every time i was delighted by the mm. intro song um and then i read read more about it and it's like a black keys guy and i love the black keys so it's like oh <laughs> really sold the the show got sold to kate on the idea that the black keys guy did the theme song. part part of i was like well he was involved all right okay. there's gonna be something to this I respect his taste in music respect, and now i'm on board yeah. But it it's a really poppy like, um, you know, like you said the the visual of yeah. him, and it's also this interesting um, difference between the animation of the show and then like the animation of the intro mm-hmm. that is almost a little bit more, I guess, modern and because you you could picture that same shot of like one person and then the, a moving background behind them in 
non-animated yeah, I know you're talking film about. and television. Right. Mostly like indie movies where it's just yeah. like the world's moving right. without them. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's so, like their growing up montage that right. they have. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like Q, a... Q, um, what's it? Imogen Heap and fucking, <laughs> what's his name, sitting at like a table wondering what happened to his life. And it's just somebody with a vocoder and <laughs> it's like, where <laughs> you yeah. It brought me back to my OC. Zach Braff really fucked up indie movies for at least like <laughs> five to ten years. Um, I did love that movie in college. I did too. <laughs> and then, then I'm like, wait a minute. Garden now, State? Yeah. Everyone yeah. loved that Everybody movie. loved Garden State. Yeah. really meant something to all of us. Yeah. That we could go back and then be like, wait, why the fuck was I so angsty watching this when I was like 18 to 21? <laughs> I think we're just all angsty in yeah. general. But yeah, That's I love right. that intro. Um, I don't watch it again. But I should. Now I'm going to. Now yeah, it de- well, and it really it changes. It definitely was the season five. I feel like season four, they also did that because like Holly Hawk gets added in and out. Mm. Um, there's, the, there's a whole intro that they have in the second season when Bojack goes to uh, meet uh, a long lost lover, Charlotte. Yeah, uh, where they replace it with the father figure that's in that family, and they they do an entire theme song that's just based around oh him God. as oh, the Kyle, character. Kyle and the kids, it's so fucking yeah, Kyle good. and the kids, and so they they do these they they do these refreshes all the time. Uh, you oh. know, it, it it constantly changes, and I had a moment the other night when I was watching it where I accidentally skipped the intro, oh. and then it be, it had just begun, and it was different. And I like, and I saw a new character, and I went, oh, I gotta back this up and rewatch this thing now. Like, <laughs> I, I constantly will go back and watch. and watch it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really good. It really does set up what the show is gonna be like too. So mm-hmm. especially like as you know, we'll talk about the animation style, but like the idea that you're gonna watch a series, like watching and seeing the art, you'd be like, wait, how is this gonna be a serious show about trauma, depression, that mm-hmm. you can experience? Mm-hmm. And I think the intro does a good job of setting that up essentially because it really does give you sort of a day in the life of yeah. bojack from the moment that he gets up and and dealing with other people and how he copes with this through through alcohol and and different abuses mm-hmm. that he has and then it kind of transitions into this sort of self-destructive behavior I, I love the fact that as sort of this the party montage and the day in his life you see just more bloodshot eyes right. and they just kind of deepen to the the point where then like one eye is kind of like half open. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always interesting to see sort of that finale where he kind of like splashes into the pool and then has everybody then looking at him because there, there's so many moments where I feel the Bojack character himself wants and craves that attention, but also doesn't want the responsibility of having that attention mm-hmm. and any of that fame. Like, he wants to be loved, but he doesn't want to do anything to get that love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he doesn't want to do anything to maintain that relationship mm-hmm. that has to deal with love. He just simply wants people to give it to him mm-hmm. without him having to do any work whatsoever, which is, is really narcissistic. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that's like the classic narcissist, uh, you know, fame, fame character in any show, yeah. I guess. That's like. Well, on the flip side, he's also. Um incredibly insecure when that love comes from a place of not just wanting to adore him for his fame. So like any character that ends up, I mean, they do that a lot in season two where Wanda and him have to go back and forth on whether they love each other. And it's really interesting to like, I mean, I think there's lots of people that exist that are like externally confident, but internally completely Mm -hmm. 
um, insecure. And I think it can be a driver for people who want fame that who do not, who can't have intimate mm. love, you know, like you're not looking for that. You're looking for um, just, I mean, I, I think about it in performing sometimes yeah. too. There are people who are much better at performing and just having a whole audience of faceless people love and adore validate them, from them afar. Yeah. yeah, validation. But then if it comes to a face-to-face com- you know, conversation, then they, they can't handle that. But yeah, he wants... Um, hey, he I'm wants trying to get it. better at that, Kate. Jesus. It's mostly Adam I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> He's just very awkward in one-on-one conversation. It took me years to be able to accept a compliment after a show. Yeah. Because I, I, I either I didn't want to hear it or I didn't want to believe it. Coming from a complete stranger, I, I didn't know how to deal with that type of praise or validation. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging. I'm not saying... That, hey, look, I get up on stage and like every show is a masterpiece. But <laughs> there there were a couple very early on that were fun and people would be very nice and be very kind and say that was great. And I'd be like, no, it wasn't. You're like, no, it wasn't, mom. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's always right. God, you're the worst. You're the worst, mom. <laughs> Thing that I find very interesting about this theme song and this, this intro really is that it's dedicated animation. Uh, that you're not going to see anywhere else in the show. Right. As Adam has mentioned, you know they they continually change and update this to reflect some of the characters, which there's no there's no actual roll call for any of these characters. Mm-hmm. There's no here's this person and here here's like here's what they look like and here's Todd Chavez underneath mm-hmm. it. But that visual roll call is there, and as it evolves, it's very rewarding as a watcher, as a viewer, to be able to see that kind of update and go through its paces. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is very stylized. It's almost like sad jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like sad jazz and house music kind of had a baby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they were like, how do you feel about that? You're like, I feel good because I'm kind of upbeat, but man, that that brass kind of hits at the end. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's enjoyable. It it does really set the mood in terms of what you're gonna get into because a lot of the a lot of the the brevity of this show is sort of just living in some of those depressing moments, you know, letting something kind of resonate. And, and ultimately something that I don't think I'd ever seen in a cartoon up to this point is just being very human. Mm-hmm. And this clearly is a cartoon that is intended really for adults. Mm. There, there is no kid appeal. You should not let your children watch right. this show. No, no, no. And we should also probably mention that when we, uh, when we kind of, as we continue and get into this, if you're not aware with this, we're obviously going to have a bunch of spoilers yeah. uh, oh, that yeah. are going to kind of come up. Uh, so we'll try to limit them as much as possible. Less but... so from Kate, but probably mostly. From... <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen the first couple episodes, don't listen to me talk because I will spoil the shit out of those. I've got plot points up the ass. Everything is like, that reminds episodes. me of the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's great to have kate's perspective on this because i think that kate's already been sold on the show and all we're doing is just doing a great job of reinforcing yeah. why you really she are to watch. i mean as soon as you guys leave i'm watching the show. more more of it also kate has written on a piece of paper that says if you could get out now i'd like to continue to watch <laughs> Bojack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very rude but also very well done yeah how do you feel about a podcast where we just turn the show on and <laughs> It's like mystery theater. <laughs> mystery science theater science 3000? Theater. Yeah. But yeah. but just audible, not a visual of it. So okay. You just listen to us talk at the television. So it's just watching it with like a director's commentary? Yeah, yeah. Even though we didn't direct or do right. any of the work right, on the show? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, I'm a it, It's a commentator's commentary. Commentator's there you go. Commentary. Yeah. Okay. Who doesn't I, want that? I like that. Yeah. 
I'd love to kind of get your impression on the animation style for mm. the show. The animation style is is very unique. It's very interesting. Um, and so, Adam, I, I wanted to get your impressions about what you thought about the animation. I actually thought it might have been a hold up to people getting into it, like the first or second season, because without the like critically amazing writing that they're doing, I don't necessarily know. I think the animation style is very unique. But I don't, if you didn't have a good show to back it up, I think that could serve as a detriment, actually, because it would be very jarring to people that were just like watching a smoother cartoon show or like watching a cartoon show in general. Because, like, when I think of uh, like The Simpsons or Family Guy or Futurama, what have you, like, those are really smoothly drawn. Like, the artwork is very focused on the animation, whereas I think. And I, I love all the character designs. It's just a very unique and different style that's not built around that like 3D digital smoothness now that right, I think a lot right. of shows are pulling out. Even like your Rick and Morty's, like everything just has a lot more like, you know, frame quality. Like you can see how much was gone into it. But I think to the, to the design choices are great. And I think at the end of the day, you don't need that much investment in the animation in terms of the actual like, execution of it versus the paneling so what i mean by that is like uh animals i think is an hbo show that yeah. also has like a very similar style even archer like it's very yeah. stilted it's mm -hmm. not like it still looks cool there's lots of interesting they choose to use 3d imaging when they can but like it's you're not watching it for like a wow that's so beautiful sort of thing it's not a miyazaki film like it's right. a, it's just like we're choosing a unique stance on how to visualize this but we're really focused on the conversation that's going on. It's kind of like that flash animation style. Exactly. That you see, you know, that, that Archer originally did start with. Right. You know, before it kind of evolved and they upgraded and they changed some of the software, but right. they still retain that style and, and that kind of focus, despite the fact that now they've got like way nicer software. Right. Same with South Park. They exactly. did a lot of the exact same that. stuff too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I, I, good point. I really like that. Well, and it's funny because if you correlate how good the animation style gets with the show quality, it pays to stay lower. Because when you think of The Simpsons and especially Family Guy now, they're shitty. <laughs> like in terms of actual quality of show. Whereas all these other ones that are thinking more around the stop motion or like the flash animation are great because they're not focused on that or they're not yeah. overindulging in right that. well i was wondering if it it was like a purposeful choice to make it um look very simplistic I, I don't maybe so that you're focused on the dialogue um and the content because yeah for the first for a for a newer watcher <laughs> you're you know it's just like oh those are shitty looking birds <laughs> you know or just but what's interesting to me too is um i don't know the, like the animation of princess carolyn dress i don't know it's it's like it can be a little distracting i guess at first until yeah. you get really invested in the character and they've built i they definitely have invested more over the seasons yeah. i think because especially if you watch the pilot like the first episode yeah. or so like it is a, even me going back to those it feels very slightly it feels lower quality okay okay yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah so I was wondering if that was a purposeful choice to say like eh, we're not gonna uh, like a stylistic choice we're not I agree with the both of you I think that there are some moments that the artwork could potentially be a barrier to entry for some people I know for me I didn't really understand first and foremost why they had like this very like bright colored animation style 
was sort of some of these interesting looking anthropomorphic characters. And it wasn't until I finally like sat down and realized like, oh, these are just sort of a vehicle for this larger story for everything that they're talking about. And, and to Adam's point, like they're not, they're not languishing. They're not living in the luxury of well-done animation, mm -hmm. you know, but Hannah Walt's style, I think over time is something that really did grow on me. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look, some characters are very simplistic, you know, very like simple, uh, simple, like slight shading, but like solid colors yeah. for certain parts of mm -hmm. them. And then you look at Bojack's head mm -hmm. and it has this like almost watercolor texture yeah. that's on yeah. the side of it. And there's something about that that contrasts like the, the diamond or like diamond. the shape that he has on his nose, which is very precise, very thick mm -hmm. outlined. I don't know what it was, but I just, I love it now. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that style. I, mm -hmm. I look and I pay attention when they animate him moving his head, his mm -hmm. jaw, mm -hmm. when they do everything. And it, it actually, at, it reminds me of our guest that we had last week. His name is Rory Lucy. He has, uh, he has written, he has a book that came out last month uh, that's called Jonesy, Nine Lives uh, on the Nostromo which takes place and it talks about uh, the cat Jonesy from the movie Alien and sort of how that cat story uh, runs parallel. And if you've listened to last week's episode, Rory talks a lot about the fact that he used a watercolor gradient technique mm. uh, and then changed the opacity uh, within the different cells of the book to kind of have that watercolor mm. look and feel to it. And I feel like they selectively isolate pieces of characters to apply that. And I don't know why it's so strategically placed, but it is. And when you find it and when you see it, it's really beautiful to look at. Yeah. And I love, I've now Hannah Walt's style and the, the characters I, I've fallen in love with. I yeah. really enjoy The designs are like the main character designs are excellent, especially to like, I just like, I think Princess Carolyn and Bojack are just very iconic yeah. designs now, which is great. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, well, and even like Vincent Adult Man, like oh I actually went um, for Halloween as Princess Carolyn and my boyfriend went oh. as Vincent Adult Man. Stop nice. it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I loved the Vincent Adult Man, just the, the whole the whole concept and idea. And there's still part of it that is feels unresolved to me. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I, I really I want to know. Like I, I'm dying to know. But they did such a great job with these characters that are so interesting. And again, just like very isolated textures. I even think like Vincent Adultman, like I think his trench coat had like texture. It's, yeah, and it has like a puff to it. Cause yeah. It's obviously, there's two other children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's it's little like to your point, I forgot about that whole uh, watercolor esque mark on. But and you're like, I was like, yeah, that's right. It's the a lot of the details that really matter. Yeah. Um. Even like and like clothing design too. So like Diane obviously changed her clothes in the fifth season is because she's trying to reinvent herself. And her hair. Right. And it's like just it's really interesting because that like all these looks and especially from a cosplay perspective, like that they're so perfectly emulatable. And like right. that's so cool mm -hmm. um, that like that that series would stick out so much just in terms of design. And even when I see people do cosplay of Bojack where it's that awful horse head <laughs> mask and like a blazer and a pair of jeans. I'm like, that's well done, but that's also really freaky. Right, yeah. well someone Freeps literally, me. there's like a photo, I could probably send it to you guys after this, there's a photo of that, of someone who actually like built out a face. Like Ooh. it's more terrifying. I'd rather people just wear the mask. <laughs>
Um, There's got to be a hybrid. There's got to uh, be some middle ground where it's not horribly distracting yeah. or it's not right. uh, freaky to look at. Because it ends up looking, I don't know, have either of you seen Sorry to Bother You? The, no. I won't spoil. I won't spoil it. But like, if someone has everyone listened to this, watched it, like it looks like that. It's like, oh, there's like stuff in that movie that would you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, okay, yeah. What's hmm. sorry to bother you about? Uh, it was a movie. I forget who. It's partially about code switching. Yeah. Well, so they. It's it's such a weird like hyper stylized movie. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Sounds very Came out familiar. like a month or two, like maybe two months ago. Oh, okay. Um, and it's like a. It's like a guy gets oh, on yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it. One of the actors from Atlanta. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. It just yeah. like, it really, it's hard to explain. It's just yeah. such a great movie. I mean, to I watch, saw the though, preview yeah. and yeah. Um, but that, that's not, I said that that's perfect to tie this in. Like the preview of that movie doesn't, doesn't even do get it into justice. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But you know that it's going to be some, some, it's going to play with, uh, I, I don't know, not, it's not going to just be like a. Yeah, it's very, it's very like, visual it's a little it lives in like it's like a fantasy world right, exactly right yeah. right exactly okay but that like getting to the animation of uh bojack horseman it, talking about how disturbing it would be to see someone cosplay any of the characters it is it does take some getting used to i feel like to watch the humans and animals side by side especially uh, romantically oh yeah yeah because you're like well I, exactly every time bojack like fuck some lady he gets you know it's very i'm just like weird. i can't that's not i mean i just don't i'm, I'm just so glad they don't talk like that was actually the best choice the show ever made is like this is just it like no one in the world thinks it's yeah. weird they don't yeah, yeah, explain yeah. it at all yeah. it's just like it's how it is everyone's just a person even though some of them look like animals or like yeah. what is funny is they balance that with like there are more animal-esque yeah, An- anthropomorphic animals. So there's some that like own like uh, what is it? Uh, well, it's it's uh, Herb Kazaz's like <laughs> bear who actually it was actually Brent, our friend Brent, who pointed out that it was it's a Care Bear. Right. Which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But like it only talks in groans, so it's like <laughs> right. certain people have command of an English language, other <laughs> people don't. Yeah. 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 It's we we we've talked a bunch about some of these characters. Yeah. And so. We, we have sort of a, a core character list that we've kind of talked about with, with Bojack, Diane, Princess Carolyn. We have uh, Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd Chavez. And so I wanted to kind of throw this out. Was there somebody that you kind of, as you were watching this, was there somebody that was maybe a stand-in for you that you identified with the most that you really enjoyed watching? Or was there somebody that you were like, I don't know that I like this character? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, especially first, season bojack um a lot of like the romantic stuff that occurred especially with him and diane like for some reason that really stuck out to me and resonated with me i think most of bojack's character doesn't really fit like what i would construe myself as or how i think i like come off to people but in general i thought that whole like the more that they they kind of stayed on a relationship arc during the first couple of seasons and then they moved more towards like family drama in the later seasons right um so that i think really stuck out and then really it was also princess carolyn because like her whole like i actually have a poster in my apartment i got it from andrew um he got it for me for christmas which was like get your shit together like i've had i like had that conversation with myself a couple years ago especially after getting out of like a long-term relationship and like not really knowing what was right for me and like what i if i liked people and if they liked me back and then it was just like it was like get your shit together like you gotta get your shit together. You're like gonna just focus on your job. You're gonna do this and da 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 da. And all of her 
episodes in particular always like i think it's the fourth season with ruthie where she like has it's like the future version of her yeah her like she's the great grandma and like she just has this no good incredibly bad day and it's like those mean so like because i'm just like ah these are they're so great like i don't think i've ever really fully experienced a lot of that but like that connects to me and i'm like oh this feels too real or like you just her the whole episode is fantastic it's actually one of my favorite like standout episodes Mm. um just from an emotional standpoint Mm -hmm. In that Ruthie episode, and even the callback that they have in season five, where she's like, "No, no, no, don't worry. Like, this this is gonna get better. Um, right. There's like, there's right, a point. Right, there's right. a point to all of this." And I, that to me, just even thinking about that, just sort of that that illusion or, or or just that idea that at some point, like these people find solace, like they find happiness at some point, because watching these characters. They're either way too overeager and happy, Todd, right? Or they're just a miserable wreck to juxtapose, to juxtapose as Bojack, right. and 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 everybody kind of then hovers somewhere, kind of in the middle, you know, with dealing about stuff. So, Kate, was there anybody that you felt? Well, it's funny that you said you identify with Princess Carolyn because I would say like, yeah, <laughs> you you should. Um, <laughs> I mean, not, not, I'm not no, talking no, no, romantically it, yeah. necessarily, but uh, I meant more like business wise. Like, yeah. I feel like you're like, get it done. Um, I loved, again, I'm the newer watcher, but like when she and Bojack break up and two seconds later she calls him, but as his agent. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I thought like, yeah, so she's kind of the, just like get it done woman. She's got, I know she goes through more, you know, romantic trials and tribulations mm-hmm. as the show goes on. But uh, I love her character. But also, Mr. Peanut Butter reminds me of some guys I've dated. So I did, <laughs> I, I did, I immediately identify um, with him. There, it's really impressive how they built up his relationship side of things. Cause like, so, I've, you know, you're going to get hit with spoilers too, unfortunately. That's fine. <laughs> but hit me. That like if I just rewatched right before the fifth season came out, I watched all of the previous seasons and watching it and which will be great experience for you is yeah. you really see how they build up Mr. Peanut Butter's and Diane's journey. Because like even in the first season, they talk about the ball pit. Um, like, you know, I I could stay one at a ballroom. They gave a ball pit. And then like then they bring that back in the fourth season yeah. of the sort of like Beauty and the Beast book like uh, book room, whatever you call it. Library. Library, thank you. Book room. <laughs> that wow. book room, you know, where people Barnes read and Noble. In. But, <laughs> You've been um, watching too much television. And like, and even in that, like the whole, I don't want to go down the whole point of like, they're like, we're a magic eye and she's like, I'm just so tired of squinting and so they end up getting a divorce and like, it is, that scene is so emotionally heavy and like, I think anyone that's ever been in a relationship where even if you love the person to death, like, but you know it's not right, mm-hmm. like, you've got, like, that's, a mm-hmm. critical point where you have to be able to like willingly admit that this is not the right fit. Mm-hmm. But then you have to deal with that too, which is why it's like everything is so earned emotionally in the show. So it's like for any of the characters, even like Todd having an asexual coming out, like yeah. right. all of these are experiences that I think people have had to explore in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really hard to choose just one because yeah. each of their journeys are so yeah reasonably connected to the, again, the human experience kind of idea. Right. And I think, like, just off the bat, the character I liked the most right away was Todd. Like, oh. I feel like he's... I, yeah. I, I, that's probably not 
uh, no, I think that's like intended. Right. He's just uh, sympathetic and, um, I mean, not totally sympathetic, but. Because he's the human. Right. Maybe that's it. (laughs) I mean, I I think. Against animals. (laughs) Animalist? Yeah. It's just classist. Classist? Classist? I'm not sure. Beingist? Beastist? Anthropomorphist? Yeah, there you go. Like that. You know, a couple more weeks on that giggle on that giggle show. Giggles. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna workshop all of these. I'll workshop you are all, golden. Yes. I I think you know, and you bring up a good point about sort of the the Todd uh, attachment or just identification. Mm-hmm. I think that there are parts in my life where I definitely probably identified more with Todd and sort of his enthusiasm and his his willingness to like throw himself into something and care and support about other people. And then there's definitely a part of me that identifies with Bojack with sort of the selfishness, mm-hmm. the the desire to 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 want to do something, but at the same time kind of feeling like forces are working against you. And then there's another part of me that identifies with Diane, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, is the work that I'm doing good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I am I okay with what I'm doing? Is is the cause or my focus something I'm happy with? Mm-hmm. And that. I just, I continue to volley back and forth. Even the Princess Carolyn stuff for the reason that you said, like, you know, like the, the business focus and drive. Mm. I, I, what is so great about this show is that almost at any point in time, I can sit there and be like, I 100% see myself in yeah. these, all of these different characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, even Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. You know, there, there are moments where you see Mr. Peanut Butter kind of have that moment where he realizes, and I do this every once in a while because I'm super guilty of it, where... I might not be listening or I might not be mm-hmm. as attentive as I need to be mm-hmm. to something. And then a conversation will happen and I'm like, Oh fuck. I have, I have not done a good job with this mm-hmm. and I need to just admit it mm-hmm. and be okay with it, with that admission mm-hmm. and figure out how to, you know, pivot off of that and, and what comes next. Yeah. I'm really glad that well, like his sort of fourth season, fifth season turn was very strong in the sense that like yes. he wasn't only just that positive character. And because they show all of his past like relation, like the fifth season really gives him that episode, full, in the fifth season, the Halloween episode. Yes. The Halloween party is, so it's basically, it's just like a, a it's four different. So he obviously was married to Diane that got a divorce. Yeah. He was also married to Jessica Beale, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then married Katrina. to Katrina, who was the other character that really introduced. And like, they do such a great job on the show, which is like, I don't get like, it's called out with continuity. Yeah. They track like year by year, what happened, when it happened. Every reference is perfect. Um, and so it's a Halloween episode where it's the same Halloween party that happens every X number of years. Mm-hmm. And they show all four different parties where the same thing happens because mm-hmm. Mr. Peanut Butter tends to only date or it like is loves relationships when they're fun, new, fresh, mm. and the women are usually young. And it's such an interesting reveal because it doesn't necessarily make him a bad person or like he's not making bad decisions. He's just not even realizing the decisions that he's making until you see. And you don't either as like a viewer mm-hmm. until you mm-hmm. see all of them together and you realize why those relationships aren't working out. Mm-hmm. And then again, human experience or thinking about your own life. It's like, there's tons of friends that I know. They're like, Oh, wait a minute. I only date like to your point. You only date. you may have only dated Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. So I've either been the Mr. Peanut Butter or dated the Mr. <laughs> peanut Butter in most of my relationships. And it's weird that we're doing this and you're eating peanut butter. Yeah. You could well, not, I have a type, so, you know, and I'm not allergic to peanuts. Uh, this week sponsored by Justin's peanut butter. <laughs> Justin's. Justin's peanut butter. I like just skippy. Um, 
Is there really a Justin's peanut butter? Yeah, yeah. it's the kind that. Comes oh, I thought you were like weirdly just choosing a no. name out of a hat. It's the like if you ever get the snack box at Starbucks, um, oh, the protein box. There's okay. apples and Justin's peanut butter. It. It's, it's just, trying it's, to be all uh, natural. It's not though. It's it just also just sounds oddly flavor. sexual, like. Justin's like, oh, do you want some Justin's peanut butter? I'm Why like, does that who's sound pe- sexual? Because I'm like, whose peanut butter is it? What's so good about it? It's like, is it Justin's. weird? Like, is there jizz in it for it's, some reason? Whoa! I don't know. I just think you about- took that to another. People, hold no, on, no, no, no. pause for two seconds. <laughs> Who ejaculated in a jar of peanut butter in your life? Just, <laughs> Justin did. Maybe he's just bringing back bad memories. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. I just, for some reason, like what to say it's someone's, because then I think of butter, I think butter, well, peanut butter, I think of creamy, I think of, I don't oh know. Oh my God. You have so many associations. Yeah. So growing up, we only ate um, Adam's, I think was one. You only ate Adam's peanut butter. I only ate Adam's peanut butter. Why are there so many people that own peanut butter? Like ownership of these peanut butter. I mean, Skip has peanut Skip, butter, his own. Jif. Yeah. They're not, it's, it's not pronounced, Skippy's it's pronounced peanut peanut GIF. GIF. But it's J I F, but it's GIF. GIF. Peanut butter. Peter Pan's peanut butter. Peter Pan's. It's a lot of personal ownership when it comes and it's to only the peanut butter. If, you, if we hear this, what? It's only men. Justin, yeah. Adam. Like you Skip. need Susan's peanut butter. Or like I'm gonna make Brenda. my own. Kate. Kate Symes is peanut butter. That sounds terrible. We're gonna workshop this on yeah. the giggle ship. <laughs> on the giggle ship. <laughs> on the giggle ship. So, so we're now at the point where we we have an opportunity to kind of talk about the plot. Mm. There are five seasons of this show. Yeah. There's too much to just be able to encapsulate. And Kate hasn't seen any of it, so we don't want to. <laughs> we're hey, spo- I've seen we're spoiling. We're spoiling the I've shit seen... out of. You no, you're not because I've read. Oh, okay, good. Every yeah. oh, that's right. You read like, all the yeah. No, you I've read, read the it all. That's right. I know what happens, but I haven't. I haven't lived the the emotional yet. moments will still because they hit as heavy every time for me. Uh, yeah, they are. No, no, no. I'm excited to. Live it's the, the dialogue that's like what makes the show totally. Uh, I mean, I think to this point, you know, there to the the emotional moments and and the dialogue that we have here. You know, there's a lot that we obviously learn about our titular character Bojack Horseman and sort of his journey, his progression through fame, being in and out of it, uh, the responsibilities that he has to to the public to the people who are very close to him in his life. Ultimately, this kind of really boils down to the question, is Bojack a good person? Which I think is the most loaded question to ask. But I I, I just kind of want to get our opinions about this just because there's, there's a lot to consider, you know, since so much of this heavily focuses on him and his destructive tendencies. Uh, But there are also moments where you can really see him shine. You know, where you can really see compassion and care for other people. And so I just want to see if we have a tally sheet of good <laughs> good versus bad, mm-hmm. where do you think you fall on the is Bojack a good horseman? Well, it's, the tally sheet's a good way to think about it because, and they make this theme very apparent throughout the show of like, you are, you're not good or bad. You just make choices right. and you choose mm. to make the right or wrong choices in every situation that you do. So mm-hmm. in one situation, you might make the right one. In another situation, you might make the wrong one. I think in general, Bojack ends up on the wrong sides of the situations, but it's mainly not due to him wanting to make bad choices, but it's due to his narcissistic personality, which everything that's happening to him is always more important than everyone else's Mm -hmm. situations, emotions, what have you. So Mm -hmm. in like season one, he tries to, you know, break up the wedding in season two, the whole thing happens with Penny on the boat. Right. Um, his old girlfriend, Charlotte's daughter who looks just like Charlotte. Right. I know. Which is such a creepy 
it's I, the whole thing is just don't. very yeah it's a lot um and it's like then that comes back in the fifth season right and which and like there's a whole great ending like you haven't seen it yet but when they do the filbert premiere there's a fantastic confrontation between bojack and diane and it's like it is probably it's actually like i think my one of my favorite episodes from a narrative perspective because of that like Jesus Christ, like this conversation is so intense and like you wouldn't expect to find this on a show that like has tremendous amounts of hilarious gags and punchlines throughout mm. every episode. Right. Yeah. But they know when to turn it on and turn it off like immediately. Yeah. Very similar like we were just before we started this, we we're talking about Insecure. Yeah. You're the worst. Yeah. Like, more Rick and Morty. They managed to like funnel out and carve out these amazing emotional moments. Um, but the whole point of like it, I just I don't think. There's like, because that's the other question is like deep down inside that comes up at multiple times. Right. And I think it's like deep down inside, I think Bojack is a narcissistic, selfish person, mm. which leads to bad choices, which leads to him being a bad person. Mm. It's, I, there are so many characters like his, like the title, the narcissist male title character. Because uh, I think of like Breaking Bad, mm. Walter right. White, like I think of, um, Tony Soprano, and I think of I think of Ricky Gervais' character in The Office, mm. where you're like, and there's so many more, and I'm blanking on all of them now. But men are the worst. <laughs> but they, <laughs> but it's or, like or, so no, but it's a you're the worst. Well, it's a tropish, uh, it's a tropish it's a trope, character. Yeah. yeah, right. So where you're you're on this roller coaster of like, I see why you're acting like a total asshole right now. Like, there's a phrase I love that goes hurt people hurt people so mm. like i don't yeah i don't look you know i'm not great at looking at even just people in life as all good or bad i mean right. i don't think that we do that in general don't know like an evil villain <laughs> in my life evil <laughs> um i mean sometimes but no i mean for the most part uh, so like this is maybe a digression but i work in a prison um as a like a volunteer job and so the people who I work with, I could look at and say, like, you are in prison for a reason because you've done terrible things. And um, I could judge you only for that. But, like, I, I look at bringing it back to Bojack Horseman, like, he's acting out of that narcissistic. Right. Um, uh, it's almost like a disorder, right. I guess. And so but then you see, like, the little... Um, glimpses into you know he just wants love right or he or he doesn't know how to get the things that he wants in a good way well if you see his family life like and that they show that a lot and yeah. especially in the fourth season they focus on the relationship between his mom they don't spend a lot of time over the seasons with him and his dad it's mostly him and his mom and like mm -hmm. to your i really like that phrase hurt yeah. people hurt people because that's precisely where yeah. so much of beatrice's interaction you. exactly yeah because she she you know at one point, she has a quote where she says, uh, you're broken and you don't deserve happiness. Aww. And you hear that and just, I mean, there are very few cartoons where I will sit, watch, and then feel devastated afterwards. Bojack is probably the number one. Mm -hmm. and, I, and the problem with it is that it is so enjoyable to watch this destruction, this destructive behavior between these other people 
that when Netflix is immediately like, do you want to watch another episode? I'm like, yeah, I want to be destroyed again. again. Please. It's amazing how bingeable and addicting it is oh. given that every episode is very emotionally like, it's just, yeah. it's just exhausting. Like it's exhausting to watch the show. And especially when you get to like, usually like episode eight through 10 areas that like Oof. you get to more main climaxes. Yeah. Um, it's every time it's just, but it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, we like to be devastated. Right. I remember the the like perfect situation is with the when the first season Bojack realizes he can't get back he's not gonna be able to get together with Diane so then he goes and is excited to like fall in love with Princess Carolyn yeah. and it's like I think a I've like slightly been there in that terms of like maybe I love so and so just because something mm. else isn't available <laughs> and then just to watch like her get excited and then come back and basically be told like there that like he's like we're not in love like. What do you like? Let's just get over because he gets a call about her pizzazz. Like it's just yeah. there's so many sequences mm -hmm. where it's just fucking gut punch after gut punch, mm -hmm. and like the way that the and to the talent of the voice actors and even the animation, like it just hits every time. Mm -hmm. It so I, I'll say about Will Arnett. I think the thing that I love the most is really just kind of that gruff voice, <laughs> and, and I don't. I, it's there's something about fame in the '90s. And him having this like three pack a day voice, mm. which just communicates in some cases so much emotion behind it, uh, just mainly because of the writing and his delivery mm -hmm. working together in this like tightly coupled fashion that it just blows my mind every, every time. It's impossible to hear his voice now. Uh, as voiceover without hearing Bojack. So he has like a Reese's peanut butter commercial. Now. Right. <laughs> and I like, it happens in like movie theaters and it's fucking weird. Cause I'm just uh -huh. like, wait, is Bojack real? Is that like, <laughs> they using Bojack's voice now? Um, and Amy Sedaris sells every fucking scene oh, that she's in. Alison Brie's God. fantastic at both glow and this. Like yeah, yeah. it is like all star voice oh, acting. Like every time, like they, the way that they play off of each other and like, even like simple things of even like the tongue twisters. I think like Amy Sedaris's character has a shitload of yeah. tongue twist. I love the, it was like a, uh, the remake of plane trains in an automobile, but it was like the uh, planes, trains, a trans Panama canal. Like it was just oh, so wow. like, and they really, uh, it's actually another, it, the real reason why I love the show is that it's so good at, building in inside jokes so like right. you know you're gonna get those things or like the mr peanut butter like are you blank because something 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 yeah <laughs> there was one in the 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 one in the halloween episode where they're like basically like he's trying to tell someone he was like are you the the song that's remade by this da, 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 but made popular by ace of bass because don't turn around yeah, yep <laughs> i love that. I, it for for mr peanut butter's delivery and i love paul of tompkins i yeah. i just just such a, a joy to to yeah. see him in this because he's he's so excited and upbeat and delightful for everything. Like his voice is sort of yeah. like that warm greeting yeah. that you want every day. Yeah, and, and just to to have him take these like long walks for a short punchline every time. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take that trip. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take that trip because I love UPFT so well, much. It never. And that's the thing is like they've. Been, I mean, there's a lot of shows that they build in their inside jokes and they blow them out and they waste them and it becomes annoying. Like that's SNL sketches to a T. Mm. Um, but like, it's incredible to me how none of that really gets old. Like I think probably they were there. I think around the fourth season, they were definitely like pulling the trigger on certain things that they didn't need to. And then by the fifth season, it's like, right back on track and yeah. like, it's mm -hmm. just phenomenal to go back and watch and rewatch and you're there's like 
always some new wordplay that you probably yeah. uh, missed, which is, is an, it's so rewatchable, the show. The other thing, this is early on, obviously, and maybe they do this a lot more, but that I noticed that they did was like set up a joke and then let it go for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um. So the one I'm thinking of is uh, Princess Carolyn's like, you know, when you said you didn't want to have a baby with me and he's like, did I say that? Oh my God. And the cut to <laughs> Did like, I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it just, you know, <laughs> goes, so goes for like a solid minute. <laughs> but the screen is only on Princess Carolyn and the woman with the baby in the stroller who he pushed over. And then you hear all the chaos going on. Oh I love God. I love any show that will do that will let a joke go for that long. So I, I you actually hit on a good word about chaos. So I always think about Bojack in terms of is he a good person mm -hmm. in terms of an alignment chart mm. I think that he is chaotic good mm. he has the best intentions mm -hmm. he has uh, he has the best idea in terms of an outcome but he has absolutely no regard for anybody else other than him in terms of meeting and achieving his his ends mm -hmm. and that is that's chaotic good like I think to a definition is mm -hmm. just how he he operates you know there are moments where he he will have genuine compassion for other characters, you know, especially Todd. You know, there are a lot of moments where, you know, he's just like, you are the best thing that I have unintentionally done. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and when he does that, you know, Todd is, you know, I was devastated. It was just one of those things that you just didn't expect him to be that emotional about it, to kind of have that delivery. But he does. Mm -hmm. And that's great. But then there are other moments like with, again, you know, first season with Princess Carolyn where he, you know, he's hopping in and out of relationships with her and, and coming back to it and saying like, ah, I think this is something that I want right now. Mm -hmm. And he, and I think it all kind of boils down to, and I know that Adam made this point earlier, you know, he doesn't know himself. Mm. Like he doesn't understand himself or really kind of what he ever wants. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, he just continues to make choice after choice after new choice the entire time with again, no regard for anybody else because I, I do that all the time mm -hmm. that the, like what you explained is sort of the philosophy and the motto that I've, I've continued to, to kind of live uh, my life according to is that if I make a choice right now, that's not a finite choice. Right. I always have an opportunity like with taking a new job. That's great. If I really love this job. Awesome. I, I'm I'm happy. That's a place that I can focus on. I can do something. But if I don't like it, I have the personal agency to be able to say to myself, I need to get out of a bad situation. And I I help I help to to qualify all of mm -hmm. that by having like conditions that I will write down in advance. Like for a job, am I meeting or receiving these things? Mm. And if I'm not, then I know again to that scorecard to that tally sheet. Mm -hmm. I know that I can say, "Hey, it turns out that this might not be the best thing for me." Mm -hmm. You know, I need to now make a new choice. Mm -hmm. You know, and as an improviser, just to say, "New choice" <laughs> is yeah. kind of a kind of a terrible statement right. to make. You know, so to to have that ability to to continue to make those new choices, I can do that. But I always know that ultimately. I've defined what I'm going to continue to think of as successful mm -hmm. and those might change and they might evolve. It's never, you know, in stone. It's, it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the thing I don't do is that I never look back on it and I'm just like, look how good I'm doing. <laughs> look how great I've been able to, to, to meet and achieve these things. I'm always like, Oh, let me just throw another thing on the list of mm -hmm. something that I either love or hate. 
And then I can judge myself against it some night when I'm trying to fall asleep at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, Perfect I wonder timing. what would keep me up until five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My life choices. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, and it's, how, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Right. So, it's fun to make. It's, it's always like, it feels so liberating to make constant choices. And then it feels just as detrimental to your own probably psychological, mm-hmm. like, safety around being like did i make that right choice or not mm-hmm. <laughs> because right. people that you deal start dealing in bigger of like i can change this when i want you start changing it and you're like oh shit should i have changed that or or not mm-hmm. and trust me there have been moments where i've gotten into situations where i've thought to myself oh i've i could make a new choice but i can also just stay right here mm-hmm. and that's that's when i you get that weird complacency and yeah. you start to think huh maybe i do deserve where i am right now and that's when all of a sudden just brain gremlins are just like, oh, they're just going to take up space here. Yeah. I'm not going to let you do this. Yeah. That's, that's hard. Well, it that kind of gets into like Bojack. And I know I'm sure this gets much heavier as the seasons go on, but his depression and then um, self-medication, which mm-hmm. is what like a lot of, you know, American adults and yeah, probably right. adults worldwide yeah. uh, deal with. <laughs> Leave I'm not gonna just... Americans alone. <laughs> Um, Leave the rest of the world alone. <laughs> it's mostly America. But I feel like this is a theme, you know, just in, I don't know, the other day was World Mental Health Day yeah, and there's right. all this stuff going on. So like in terms of talking about this character as good or bad and, you know, he's making this choice and then this choice or he's uh, languishing in this world or whatever, you just see him making so many choices that you think are against his own best interest, but then self-medicating and... I, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of firmly believe we all in modern society probably have low level depression. Yeah. So, you know, just little bits of it. And that's sure. why a character like Mr. Peanut Butter, at least in the first season, you're like, God damn it. I wish I could be that. Well, we're at like, uh, I always like think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I mm-hmm. feel like luckily many, I think the people that do and feel and experience that, I think it's most people nowadays because we've got computers to do this we've got this to do that like all of these things that would usually require like if you think of the 1950s like it would take like i don't know i'm making this shit up because i don't know i wasn't born then but like you it were? takes like 10 Wait, hours you know takes 10 hours to make i was actually talking about the original Battlestar Galactica yeah, yeah, that's what I 40 <laughs> years ago um no like but it took like 10 hours to make a meal and like people just kind of and it would like when you when you have a computer, you'd have to like write everything. Like when you go to work, like you basically take all of this extra labor out. And now I think our brains are just like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, think, are you happy? And it's like, no. No. And then right. it's like, well, why am I not happy? Right. And it's you've gotten a lot a, rid of a lot of the noise. And I think that's why a lot of people are always like, well, what the fuck? Like right. your brain just runs. To your point, like it's very easy. It's a lot easier to get yeah. brain gremlins where you're not like constantly working and doing something yeah. and having to be forced to go do something. Right. right. And That's- what your output at the end of the day is not like I picked the peanuts from the field and I brought them back in and I made the peanut butter because I am Justin. <laughs> but it's like. You make me make sure to jizz in it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That could be another product line for Justin. Please, Justin please Jizz. at the bottom, just like the yogurt. <laughs> Ooh, no, no, or like the marshmallow. Um, yeah, fluff. the fluff, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there are people that eat like marshmallow peanut butter sandwiches, which I find. I've heard of that. Weird. I did as a kid. Really? Yeah. What for was like the marshmallow? Lunch? Yeah, marshmallow and fluff. 
Or, uh, fluff. No. Peanut butter fluff, and fluff. Yeah, fluff. Peanut butter and fluff. just got marshmallows and fluff and then put them in his Look, I'm real fat. Yeah, what you can't see right now is Sean is taking up the whole couch. Um, my dad used to eat peanut butter and mayonnaise. Oh, that was another weird one. I used to eat just mayo sandwiches, but very, very delicate. I it was like a, vomit. it was a fine glaze on top of the. I'm bread. really sorry because I heard you say jizz mayo when you, I know you said just mayo. Yeah, <laughs> just mayo. Given the topic of this conversation, hey, you know, I was young. I was exploring. <laughs> Doesn't taste. There's good. No, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> So I, I I want to I want to come to I think maybe our our final question before I, I uh, if you guys have any additional questions sure. but I wanted to ask um, was there in particular uh, an episode that you had that kind of above everything else kind of resonated with you that sort of had uh, like that impactful moment sort of resonated on that emotional level that we've continued to talk about and discuss that is very apparent within. Like ingrained into the DNA of the Bojack Horseman show, and I don't know why I just called it the, the Bojack. Bojack. Well, because that was a show, in the right? Show. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Ugh, there's a that's a lot. I think actually, so emotionally, I think the best episode was when Bojack and Sarah Lynn go on a bender, and then she ends up. Dying, dying at the end of the episode i think that is is a really meticulously done like and they've been building her character over three three seasons yeah and it's like just super well handled and their relationship and like that breaks him for a couple of of episodes in terms of just like again uh um like impact like highlight episodes that i would just show to anyone to be like these are the episodes that will really make you like holy shit i gotta watch the show is rap rap pew pew the abortion episode <laughs> It is so fucking well done. Yeah. And then also the gun control episode. Hmm. Like yeah. took two incredibly obviously like interesting, very powerful topics to discuss, make them fucking hilarious, but tell very good examples of really I mean, the show is very pro uh female, which is in, like a really it's another reason why I love the show is that like they consistently err on the side of being like, you know, women are need more they need more from this like the whole it's i don't know how to fully describe it without weirdly coming like i'm trying to like be like it's a great pro woman show but and they just do it by deftly writing like it's just it's very ingrained in the show it's not like they're you just it's so subtle the way that they make certain points and then obviously not so subtle in other cases right but so devilishly like funny um, that like you'd have to be a fucking idiot not to be like, oh, I see this is ha like what's happening in real life parallels. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah. So those are those are my my big takeaways. I can't, with any good conscience, recommend <laughs> a specific episodes. That would be any background sight gags that you've seen yeah, so far that you like. I was gonna say the the there are two especially that come to mind. One I already talked about, just the um, cut to you know. You know, when he questions whether or not he says, I won't have a baby with you or I don't want to have mm. a baby with you. And it's like what we would do in improv. We'd say cut to that moment and they cut to that moment. They're on a street corner. She says, oh, look at that baby. Isn't it cute? He pushes it, oh, <laughs> baby in the stroller over, runs screaming. And then the shot is just, you know, Princess Carol and this woman and a baby overturned in a stroller for the next minute and a half while he screams and. Yeah, and then gets in a cab and says, "Oh no, I'm just running for my girlfriend who oh. I don't respect enough to have a baby with." <laughs> That's right. And then like a flaming tire comes by, and like 
it goes for so long. And I mean, as a, you know, modern woman in my, you know, middle ish age, um, that's a familiar, those conversations don't go that badly, but sometimes they're like uncomfortable. Especially when you're dating all those Mr. Peanut Butter. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and apparently I've dated Bojacks. Or those, well. or those Justin Peanut Butters. Justin Peanut Butters. Just the Justin Peanut Butters. <laughs> and then because I, you know, have the sense of humor of a 12 year old boy, the, the conversation, again, this is the first season that Bojack has with Sarah Lynn when he's trying to be her father figure for like an afternoon and they yeah. go sitting on the park bench and she's like, did you know this guy has <laughs> ass cancer? That's and, right. um, and he's like, well, what made you think of that? And she's like, looks at the sunset and it's just two hills. She's like, it looks like a butt and the sun's sun setting over the butt. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. But I'm like, I get it. Uh, and then something so dumb. These are little moments cause I've just watched these, but where, uh, Todd, has the idea to set up a Halloween store in January. Yep. And Mr. Peanut Butter is like, oh, yeah, just like a year round. He's like, no, just in January. January. <laughs> just in January. <laughs> I don't know. There's because because, you know, it, it, it's been a longer road for me to get into the show, although I'm fully sold. I'm into it now. But um, th- those were some of the moments that I like laughed out loud because so much of it, I think, is so clever, but not laugh out loud mm-hmm. necessarily. So right. I like it when they dumb it down. for me. Oh, but you're not you're not dumb at all. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> I, God. I'm not. It's a, you're, I have low self esteem. You are incredibly intelligent and a very smart performer. Thank I don't know why anybody would have to dumb anything down for you in any way. I feel that about myself. Okay. These are the gremlins I get in my head. Well, you can feel that way, but it's not true. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I want to say for me, the episode that I recently watched uh, the other night that had an emotional impact was Free Churro. Which one was that? It is, it's in the fifth season. It is a non sequitur episode and it's where you find out that Bojack's mother has died and it's him giving her eulogy. Oh yeah. I didn't know what the title. Oh God, that's such a great episode. And it is brutal. I mean, cause it is, it's basically just a single shot of him in front of like a lectern, just sort of delivering this uh, kind of like one man play, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eulogizing his, his mother and, and just sort of talking about, you know, uh, her comments and how she would want to do this. And he comes to, uh, he talks a little bit about her final words to him. Oh my and God, over yeah. the course of it, it has probably the smartest, most genius poignant moment that occurs in television that I've ever watched. And just the delivery and the realization of, Bojack's character in that moment is so incredibly profound and depressing at the same time. And, and I think just because of my personal experience, uh, having lost a parent recently, it was, uh, and, and having a, an okay kind of complicated relationship, uh, with my dad, uh, to see and kind of hear and watch something like that. Um, cause I, cause we didn't have a funeral for my dad, mm. uh, he just wanted to be cremated. Mm-hmm. And there's like a part of it that's like, do I just play this episode before I scatter ashes? Like, <laughs> wow. do like my sister and I just get together? Cause wow. she loves the show as well. Yeah. And do we just watch this episode or do I write it out and perform it? Uh, and then just do that. I, there was something so cathartic about watching that episode 
and then him getting to the very end and then just me being like i was i was devastated like wow. watching it. it it i i i only watched it maybe a couple days ago but it is something that still kind of weighs heavy on me where i'm like this was so smart and it had and the the season had a trajectory and then it sidestepped itself to deliver this episode that almost came out of nowhere because you never really kind of learned that his mother had passed away at that moment. And he has this, he just has this like, you know, one man kind of monologue, which is just, it's, it's great. It's be- it's beautiful and it's brutal. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of um, experimental episodes, yeah. which I like. It's usually one, once a season, I think starting in the second, like the, the second season, the third season, it was the underwater episode. Yeah. I know there's one in, I considered the experimental episode to be the eulogy episode in the fifth season. I feel like the fourth season definitely has something. I can't put my finger on it. But it's like they take their time to completely mm-hmm. focus on one and one thing only. And that's just like what you, you know, it's like what you get. Um, I guess like maybe in the second one, I can almost see it as like the uh, celebrities and stars. Do they know things? Let's but there's like a, there's a Todd only episode in season two, right? Oh, I think, yeah, Todd has, he definitely has his own in the fourth season, which is also a great episode yeah. of like him getting, going back around or like. From what I read, one of the special <laughs> episodes is Princess Caroline's, Carolyn's descendant. Yeah, that's the, and the Ruthie episode. episode. Yeah, I mean, the they Ruth- start, they, it's almost like there's multiple in a season now where they just uh, say, okay. this is the one thing we're going to do. Yeah. But that one's great. Yeah. There's also. And they use that more as a framing device for the story that they tell. Okay. And right. it's, so it's not just like them living in, in, that, her. in okay. that time. But my yeah. favorite is when they meta talk about it and they're like, Ruthie, I don't understand why you're having this B plot line. Like they make a subplot for Bojack and Diane for no reason. And she's just like, it's like a show and tell. And she's just like, the computer teacher's like, why are you telling this plot line? It's, it's so good. They And then they they did that again in the fifth season where they have a therapist, like Diane's therapist and then also Bojack's therapist and her wife yeah. talking about it. But they call it like, he, they call him like Zoe. So they call him something stupid. It's like Bojack the Zebra or something like that. Yes. And then they redo like the entire the intro. opening <laughs> to show you that it's like it's Princess Diana. It's like the stupidest episode because they're trying to hide from each other what their clients' names are. Oh, it's it is a tr- like the it shows just so good. It's yeah. so funny. Like they just yeah. constantly toy and play with things that like you really have to watch the whole thing because half the time yeah. the episodes wouldn't make sense. Like if you watch that episode without having the context of the show, yeah, yeah, you'd be like, what is, that's why those, that's why it's always like the abortion and gun control episodes stick out. Cause like those are really, you could pitch those to somebody and like someone watch could watch them, them and, like they're yeah. fun. They're funny. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is, is just layered on top of itself, which is so, which is very much arrested development very. and any other kind of like, probably even like parks and rec in some capacity. I've right. actually, I haven't seen, that much of it at least like oh well the tables are turned now let's talk for an hour about parks and rec (laughs) so i can seem smart (laughs) um that that reminds me of community too like they used to do those like there's a lot of layers in terms of like building the the backstory the history yeah everything that we've been trained to add into scenes within the first like 30 seconds these people have done this over you know multiple episodes and seasons to to really kind of make it rich and rewarding, as Adam has mentioned, when they call back something in like season five that was introduced in season two. Yeah. Like, 
oh fuck where did that come from yeah. like yeah. how did that happen yeah and that that's what makes the show there's actually so a really boring. funny easter egg i think it's in the third season uh the celebrity stealing club there's like <laughs> an extra part they're like introduced they're in the it's in the first episode first season actually because that's when he goes to visit her because as like todd gets picked mm-hmm. up by them yeah they show up in like the third season to steal something in the background with no mention of them yeah. whatsoever, but it's like such a great like oh, drop. Wow. God. That's awesome. So we obviously have very strong opinions about <laughs> the show and we're going to get to our opinions and whether or not we recommend mm-hmm. this show or not mm-hmm. in just a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're waiting with bated breath. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I guess, but in the meantime, Hey, guess what? Yeah. You listening right now. Turns out, you have so many opinions and you love to share them on the internet. And so we are going to turn it over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. This week's Love It is titled One of the Best Adult Animated Shows I've Ever Seen. It was written by Ball Dropping 101 on October 14th, 2016. It says, While the first season wasn't fully developed in its characters and situations, I still enjoyed it very much and had developed a bit of an emotional attachment during the last three or four episodes. But nothing could have ever prepared me for seasons two and three, which offered some of the most poignant insights into celebrity culture and the nature of depression for a multitude of characters, which had by the time become grounded in their own right, I have ever witnessed. I can't even put my thoughts into words for this review because I love this show so much, which is very surprising. I try to stay as formal as possible. I won't spoil anything, but there was a few different episodes in the past two seasons that made me cry, scream, hate, love, everything. This is really one of the few animated shows I can think of that brings on pure, unaltered moments of absolute emotion from the deep, dark places of my soul. I connected in ways I never would have thought possible to Bojack as well as a few other characters in the show. This is a must-watch for anybody and everybody. You just have to get past the first half of the first season to truly start to love it. Oh, and the show is also outstandingly funny. Worthwhile is a comedy alone. And our hated is not a hated. There is no hate for Bojack, so this one is called Motivational. It was written by Mason Barber on June 12, 2018. Mason wrote, It is a great show with lessons, and it shows that not all rich people are happy. Excellent. As always, everybody, Bobby Anthem true gem of the world maybe we need to get him if anybody does any character artwork uh for bojack i feel like he would be a character in bojack bobby you're gonna have to let me know what kind of anthropomorphic (laughs) character you would like to be (laughs) because if he has opinions it's something i want to be able to honor bojack horseman adam do you recommend or do you not recommend this Mm. show and if you don't recommend it remember for any new listeners out there you can give it the Roger Rabbit style dip, which erases it from the annals of cartoon history. Um, I mean, coming into this room, I was going to recommend it, and I'm still going to recommend it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Any, any final thoughts on the uh, show? Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. Again, uh, so I always tell this to people is that watch to the, I think it's the maybe the fourth or fifth episode of the first season. If you can get, you get to the end of the episode where Bojack and Diane visit Boston, 
and you aren't connected with it, then you don't know fucking comedy and you're a terrible <laughs> person. I tell this actually to my friend Jason and then he actually ended up loving the episode. Like after that, he's like, I actually like the show a lot, post that episode. Uh-huh. And so it's just, I just don't know how you can enjoy comedy, clever writing. Like there's so many bits, like th- to me, the show isn't about like, well, I don't like cartoons. Like I know that's always like some kind of a hang up for people, but like you can't ask for a better like emotional comedy essentially. Like it's a, fantastic animated dramedy that I didn't think would ever actually exist. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Kate. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and recommend um, to myself and all of the <laughs> listening public. Uh, but yeah, this discussion and just digging into it because I am that person who clearly didn't give it the chance, but everything I've read now what I've watched and also hearing you guys talk about it, it sounds, I mean, and I've seen, I've seen glimpses and, and I might not go to sleep tonight. <laughs> uh oh. Just watching. You can burn through the seasons fast. It's only 20 minutes an episode. I know. Yeah. 12, 12 episodes, episodes a season. season. Right. But what, let's do math on that. I watched the, I rewatched the entire run through leading up to the fifth season within like that week, like Monday through okay. Thursday. Holy shit. I watched it. I was working from home. Adam, oh, I have gotcha. things to do. <laughs> I have a job and well, I have evening you have to like, yeah, to be fair, you have to actually watch every episode well, that, versus yeah. like just having it on the background. Yeah, you, know? you can't do that. Yeah, but I highly recommend. Gotcha. I This is going to be a three for three. Yeah. Another hat trick. <laughs> I'm going to recommend BoJack Horseman. This is definitely uh, a show that uh, I think has so much heart and so much intelligence and just really kind of shows uh, an interesting satirical side of of fame and the destructive nature, but also is truly compassionate and and does a great job of of handling tender moments with such care, but then contrasting it with something that is just so emotionally devastating, and then flipping back and forth between those pieces, almost like the world's most brutal game of chess. Mm. You know, it, mm. it's. Uh, it could not be uh, more of a joy to watch this show. If you're not watching this right now and you've made it all the way through this episode, turn this show off and go listen to it or, and, <laughs> and go watch the show. If you don't have a Netflix account, I'm not going to give you my password. Uh, so no. you should sign up for Netflix. We're yeah. also not sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> but if you're listening to Netflix, we would love to talk. <laughs> So that's going to do it. Yeah. That is going to do it for BoJack Horseman. It. So thank you. Thank you, Adam. And thank, thank you, you, Kate, for, for coming on the show. If anybody is interested, Adam, in finding you online and do you have anything that you would like to plug, where could they find you? Yeah. If you're in uh, D.C., I DJ once a month at the Gay Bar Trade. We do Control. It's an electro pop party. But probably for more people that would just be listening, <laughs> I'm actually on a podcast called Homo Superior, where we do. I was Ryan Krull was on the show before. He's one of the folks that also uh, does the podcast with me. We're a bunch of gay dudes talking about X Men comics, nerddom, and uh, having a really great time and talking, I guess, a lot about jizz and peanut butter based on. <laughs> We we really take it a unique turn on a lot mm-hmm. of current events. Yeah, trends. <laughs> so, Devilist does. We're that's on. What, we're on like Twitter. It's Homo Superior on SoundCloud, iTunes, all that jazz. We will we will link all of this in the the Great. show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And we also did short story long, but we haven't really. I haven't been doing that in a while with my friend. But listen to the backlog; they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Adam. 
Uh, Kate? Yeah, just Google me, I guess. Kate Symes. There's so much online. Uh, So much content. There's a lot of content. Um, I have a show coming up November 16th, a couple shows with Washington Improv Theater. That's kind of my primary outlet uh, is improv. But, um, you know, if you're really interested, just friend me on Facebook and I'll tell you what I'm doing. There you go. Watching Bojack (laughs) by the time this comes out and people hear this, you will have blown through all five seasons and you will be ready to have this conversation with (laughs) everybody who's going to at you. That's right. About this, so we can have this conversation over again. (laughs) Excellent. Well, you heard him on this week's show, Bobby Anthem, our dear friend. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience. You can find them on Twitter at iexp underscore podcast, and you can find them on Spreaker and SoundCloud. He's also the occasional third co-host on the THT Movie Review Podcast, which broadcasts every Saturday night at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time on Mixler. And you can find him on Twitter, at Bobby Anthem. Send him a message. Show him some love. He's simply the best. As for me, you can find me. I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, at Sean Paul Ellis. If you're looking for Dave, you can find him on Twitter at DrClawMD, and you can find all of his writings, Nerdist.com, Collider.com, and DaveTrumbore.com. Want to support us? Tell a friend and review the show on iTunes. It's super boring, but it really does help us out. Chat us up on Twitter at MorningTunes. Remember, that is morning with a U. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. You can find all of these links on our link tree that's in the bio for all of our social media sites. And you can listen to us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Want to drop us a message? You can email us, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the first episode that we have for Netflix November. Tune in two weeks. Tune in Tune in, in two weeks. And we are going to be talking about Netflix original series, Big Mouth. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.